Well, the modern day miracles present some obstacles every now and then, but we shall overcome. We shall overcome. Turn with you in your Bibles tonight, if you would, to the book of Galatians. We're going to be reading from the last chapter, chapter 6 of the book of Galatians. It's the writing of Paul. It's actually the fifth writing that he made. After this, he wrote Romans. Before this, he wrote 2 Corinthians. So we're in Galatians chapter 6, and I want to read at the end of this chapter beginning at verse 12. Galatians chapter 6, verse 12. He says, As many as desire to make a fair show in the flesh, they constrain you to be circumcised, lest they should suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. For neither they themselves who are circumcised keep the law, but desire to have you circumcised, that they may glory in your flesh. But God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. For in Christ Jesus there is neither circumcision availeth anything, nor uncircumcision, but a new creature. And as many as walk according to this rule, peace be on them, and mercy upon the Israel of God. From henceforth let no man trouble me, for I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus Brethren, the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ be with your spirit. Amen and amen. Heavenly Father, thank you, Lord God. Help us, Almighty God, to move forward in what you've given us tonight, O God. Lord, let me rightly divide your word, O God, and let me speak your words of truth, O God, that Jesus Christ might be glorified above all things. I thank you for this opportunity to preach, O God, and I pray, Almighty God, that I would touch the heart of this congregation. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen. You may be seated. There are many voices out there you can listen to tonight. You can certainly listen to just about anybody you want to listen to. The Internet provides an amazing opportunity for you to be touched by a plethora of preachers, a plethora of thoughts, a plethora of, of all kind of things. And they're all available out there. And the Bible says there's many voices that are out there. Many things that are being preached, many things that are being taught, many things that are being embraced. The word now is the, the deconstructing and reconstructing of my beliefs. That's the, that's the thing that everybody is uh, buzzing on out there right now. The deconstruction and the reconstruction of my beliefs. And so many people out there, I, I see it on Facebook every now and then. I see it in people's, in people's writings where they talk about that they take the things that they believe or the things that they've been taught by a church, by a pastor, by a Sunday school teacher, by a small group, and they deconstruct them to get them down to the lowest level, and then they reconstruct them in the way that they think it should be done. And, and, and deconstructing and reconstructing is, is nothing more than taking the teaching of some teacher and, and, and incorporating his new ways and new thoughts. And, and I want to tell you tonight that there are some things that, that I believe are very basic to what we have to do, very basic to what we have to believe. Paul said in this passage, he said, From henceforth let no man trouble me. I bear in my body the marks of the Lord Jesus. He said, But God forbid that I should glory, save in the cross of our Lord Jesus Christ, by whom the world is crucified unto me, and I unto the world. So let me be clear tonight. For just the next few minutes, I want to be very clear 
that I want to give you some things that if I was to die tomorrow and you were standing around here at my view and talking about me, there are some things that I would like for you to say. And so I'm going to prompt you tonight so that if that was to happen, you will know what you should say while you're viewing my dead carcass. The first thing I want you to say is this. He believed the Bible. <laughs> whether it says Jonah was swallowed by a well or whether it said Jonah swallowed the well, to me it makes no difference because if it's written in this Bible, I want you to know that I believe it's true. I don't have to have proof. I don't have to have some scientist show me it's possible. If it says Samson grabbed hold of two pillars and pulled down an entire building and 3,000 people were killed, you don't have to reconstruct it to convince me. I'm convinced because I believe that God speaks the truth and I believe that holy men were moved of God when they put this Bible together. I believe they wrote it under the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and I don't care what it says, how impossible it seems for you to believe. I believe that by his stripes I'm healed. I believe that if I ask anything according to his name, he hears me. I believe that I can be delivered. I believe I can be set free. I believe in what Paul has written, Peter has written, Timothy has written. I believe in the things that are in this Bible. I believe the Bible's true and I will not back up from what it says because if it's wrong, then I'm wrong. If it's wrong, then there is no heaven. There is no hell. There is no Son of God. And if this book is wrong, the, 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 the world of the universe as we know it will collapse because this book says that the universe is held up by the word of his power. Hallelujah. And I believe this Bible is true. I believe that the wages of sin is still death. I don't care how much you try to sugarcoat that and make that easier to swallow. It doesn't matter to me. The bottom line is, if, if, if he says right here, many desire to make a fair show in the flesh, they constrain you to be circumcised lest they should suffer persecution for the cross of Christ. And I'm telling you tonight that no matter how people try to confuse the word, no matter how they try to make it easier, no, try, no matter how they try to make the, the path to heaven, the Bible says that the path to heaven is a narrow way. We got people today that want to make it a super highway. They want to make it look like the Katy Freeway. 24 lanes and all of them lead to the same place. I'm telling you, that's not true. You got to be in the lane with the easy pass. <laughs> it's a narrow way that goes to heaven. Only the people that are in love with Jesus will go to heaven. You say, how do you know? Because this book says, only to him that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. I believe the Bible is true. I don't have to have it proven to me because I have proved it myself. I have lived it. I have seen it. I have watched it. I have experienced it. I know God because I've tried God. I know God because God's answered prayer. I know this book is true because God works in accordance with this book. And if there's anything I want you to know about me tonight, the marks that I want to bear of the Lord Jesus Christ is number one, I believe in the Bible. I believe it as it's written. I don't have to transpose it and tranquilize it and write it six different ways to try to make it say what I want to say. 
Peter told Paul at the end of the book of 1 Peter, he said, Paul writes difficult things, he said, which people take, and he says they rest and they twist. In other words, they take it and they, they reason it. You, you know, we have a First Amendment. Do you all know that? Do you know what the First Amendment says? Freedom of speech and freedom of religion and freedom of the press. All three are freedoms. You are free to speak, you are free to print, and you are free to worship. But the Supreme Court has taken that and they've divided it into three different things. And somehow out of that division, they got a thing called the separation of church and state. Congress shall make no law restricting the freedom of speech, the freedom of the press, or the freedom of religion. And they say, well, that just doesn't apply in areas where the government's involved. Well, the government wrote it. I said the government wrote it and the government approved it and the government put it in their governing document, but they say, oh no, that's not what it meant. And so they break it up into three things and the last one's called the establishment clause. And that's what people do with the word of God. They take, they take it and they constrict it and they rewrite it and they move it around and they, they try to make it say something they want it to say. But I want to tell you today, if you just read what it says and you just listen to what it says and you don't try to con convey it or, or mess it up or, or, or reconstruct the sentences or, or redo it, you'll find out that God does just what this book says because he wrote the book and he wrote it with a purpose and that purpose is so that I could know God. Hallelujah. Number two, I want you to know tonight that I believe that Jesus Christ is the only way to the Father. I believe what Peter, Paul, Peter told the Sanhedrin when he said there is no other name given among men whereby we must be saved other than the name of Jesus Christ. I believe that Jesus Christ is the only begotten Son of God. And I believe that he's the only way, the truth, and the life, and the only way that I go to heaven is by belief in his name and becoming joint heirs with Jesus Christ. I don't believe there's any other way than through Jesus Christ. We try to make things, there's bumper stickers out there that's got, I don't know if they make bumper stickers anymore, but I saw one on a window recently that had all these symbols of all these religions and said, it said something about universal and it just wanted everybody to come under one authority. And I want to tell you, Jesus said that if we follow after him, then we're going to be the most hated of all men. That's what he said. Why is that? Because, because we believe in one God. We believe in one Christ. We don't believe that there's 10 different ways to get there. We don't believe everybody's going. I don't believe that everybody that the, the preacher puts in heaven in a funeral goes to heaven. I, I just don't believe it. Now, I hope you believe it if I'm laying up here. But I want you to know tonight, I believe that Jesus Christ is the way, the truth, and the life, and there is no other way other than him. He is the only way. He is the only truth. He is the only begotten of the Father. It's, it's him and him alone. He, what, Jesus Christ is God. 
The Father is God. The Son is God. The Holy Spirit is God. They have always been. They shall forever be. But somewhere before the foundations of the earth, Jesus Christ agreed to become the suffering lamb for the salvation of man. And when Adam fell, God proclaimed that there will come a day when the Son of God will come, born of a woman, the seed of a woman, and you will bruise his heel, but he will crush your head. <laughs> and that's Jesus. Christ and none other. None other. I believe the only way to heaven is through Jesus Christ the Son. I believe that the only way I'm forgiven of sin is by His blood. His blood washed me. His blood made it possible for me to be forgiven of my sin. Up until Jesus Christ, their sins were covered as is proclaimed in Psalms 32. Their sins were covered, but they were not forgiven. They were not forgotten as demonstrated by the fact that when Jesus ascended into the center of the earth, he went into a place called Abraham's bosom. And for three days he was there. But at the end of three days, because now they were forgiven by the blood of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. The Bible says that he led captivity captive. Hallelujah. Those who were kept captive because their sins had only been covered. Now Jesus Christ. Christ takes those captives and he brings them to the Father as those that have been captured by the blood of Jesus Christ. And now when we die in Jesus Christ, we no longer descend into the heart of the earth to a place called Abraham's bosom. But now because we are clean by the blood of Jesus Christ, are you with me? We, we ascend for to be absent with the body is to be present with the Lord. Hallelujah. By the blood of Jesus Christ. By the blood. What can wash away my sins? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. It's not good works that get you there. It's not being a good guy that gets you there. It's not being a good father that gets you there. It's not giving somebody the shirt off your back that gets you there. It's not being a good student that gets you there. It's not being a good citizen that gets you there. It's not even giving your life for somebody else that gives you there. It's only trust in the one that gave his life for you. His blood and his blood alone cleanses me from all my sins and washes me clean. And if I, if I do sin, if I do sin, and I ask him for forgiveness of my sin, then he washes me again and cleanses me and justifies me. I don't have to beat myself with a whip to get Jesus to forgive me. I don't have to go out there and do some great act of penance. I don't have to go down there and and jump into a pit with a line to somehow prove I'm worthy. All I have to do is have a repentant heart and say, Father, forgive me for I have sinned. And he applies that blood back to my life again. And he sees me through that blood. He, he justifies me through that blood. He, he washes me with that blood. He makes me clean with that blood because the blood of Jesus Christ and his blood alone causes me to be free from sin and free from all works of unrighteousness. I don't have to sin every day. I don't have to be blown around by every wind of doctrine. I don't have to have my religion deconstructed and reconstructed because my religion, my beliefs, my knowledge is right. And that knowledge is that Jesus Christ cleanses me from all sin and all unrighteousness. And that's all I need to know because that's all there is to it. 
I do not believe. I do not believe. Let me get, let me hit one more here, belief. Then I'll hit the I do not believe. I believe that when Jesus rose again on the third day, that by him being the first fruits among many brethren, as Paul called him, that he redeemed me. His resurrection made me worthy to be enter into the throne room of God. His resurrection allowed me because when he resurrected, the Bible tells me that he submitted his blood into the holiest of holies in heaven and he bought back what Adam lost. The first Adam lost mankind. The first Adam gave up mankind to the devil. He made a bad choice, and when he made that bad choice, he caused every one of us that's born through the lineage of Adam to be born into sin. But the second Adam, when he presented his blood, then he caused me to be able to be reborn. <laughs> Nicodemus said, how can a boy, how can a man crawl into his mother's womb and be reborn? And Jesus said, I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about being born of the blood and of the water, of the spirit and of the water. And whenever I came down to Jesus Christ, not only did he cleanse me from my sin, but he broke that, that, that sinful nature within me. And I was reborn. I was reborn as a child of God, redeemed by the blood of the lamb, redeemed, redeemed, redeemed. Oh, his, his child and forever I am. I'm no longer my own. I'm bought with a price. I'm redeemed by the blood of the lamb and I don't have to sin. I don't have to go back because I now have a godly mind and a godly heart and the ability to hear what God is saying and I can be redeemed. Hallelujah. Because Jesus Christ rose from the dead on the third day. It was more than just a, it was more than just an event. It was the actual fulfillment of the Feast of First Fruits where Jesus Christ became the first fruits among many brethren. And the Bible says in the book of Acts that as the disciples looked upon him, the angels said, as you've seen him go, so shall he come back for you and take you back the second time. Redeemed. I'm no longer a slave to sin. I am a child of God. Why? Because he redeemed me. I'm no longer a child of the devil. I'm no longer under the curse of Adam. That curse was broken. And now I can walk in the newness of God Almighty. I can hear his voice. I can walk with him. And because of that, here's what I do not believe. I do not believe that baptism in the Holy Spirit with the evidence of speaking in other tongues is something that should be treated as optional equipment. I believe Jesus told the disciples, don't start your ministry until you've been baptized with power from on high. I believe that that baptism of the Holy Spirit heightens my spiritual ability to hear God speak through communication, it heightens my ability to know right from wrong through my 
through my heightened awareness of God through my conscience. And I believe it helps me to know what the will of God is for my life. Maybe not because he spoke to me, but because he gave me an intuition so that I know. He said, this is the way, walk in it. God doesn't always have to tell you everything. You don't always have to say, well, the Lord spoke to me and told me. Sometimes you know what's right. You know what you should do. You know the direction you should go. How do you know that? Because the baptism of the Holy Spirit and the communion with the Father by speaking in other tongues has allowed you to build yourself up on your most holy faith. And as you build yourself up on your most holy faith, your spiritual intuition becomes more keen. I saw today that Spider-Man has overtaken Transformers as the most popular movie for the weekend. And one thing that Spider-Man has that Transformers do not have is a spidey sense. A spidey sense. It's that sense, his intuition, that something is about to happen. It's his spidey sense that causes him to move before an event occurs. It's his spotty sense that causes him to shoot out a web when the bad guys are coming. It's his, it's his spotty sense. Are, are y'all with me? Have I lost you? You need to, it's his spotty, it's his spotty, I'm going somewhere with this. It's his spotty sense that causes him to be able to avoid disaster because he can sense it before it occurs. Well, I don't believe the Holy Spirit gives me a spotty sense, but he gives me sense. The Bible says in Psalms 59 that the Lord will prevent me. And what that means, that prevent me means, what that means is that before the event occurs, he's already made a way of escape. Before the event even occurs, I can know by the power of the Holy Spirit when something's about to happen that I maybe shouldn't be involved in because the Holy Spirit's already warned me of it. I'm already aware. And whenever somebody, my mom used to do this, she'd say, you need to sit down for a few minutes because I just don't feel like it's a right. You should leave right now. Did, did, did they call you from Channel 6 News and tell you something? No, I just don't feel like you should leave right now. So we would sit there till Mama said, okay, you can go now. And sometimes we didn't see anything. And sometimes we saw something that we probably avoided. Why? Because of the intuition, because of the Holy Spirit that said, this is the way, walk this way, avoid this way. The Holy Spirit gives you the reasoning to understand, and maybe sometimes you shouldn't buy that new car. I've told you this story, but I bought a car that I didn't particularly want. I mean, I wanted it, but it's not the one I wanted. You got that? I wanted the 5.3 V8 Texas edition. I took the 4.8 GMC. Why did I take it? I don't know. Something inside of me said, this is where you need to be. But two years later I knew because God 
laid me off from a job in Beaumont, put me full-time up here, and if I'd have bought that 5.3-liter Texas edition, I would still have a huge note laying over my head. But because I bought the one he said to buy, I didn't have a huge note laying over my head, and I was able to pay it off with what I was making at the church. My point is this. God will prevent you. He will lead you. He will guide you. He will direct you. And that baptism in the Holy Spirit and that power bubbling and burning within your innermost being helps you to make choices so that you can make choices that give you good things and you can make choices to help you avoid bad things but if that spirit's not burning in your soul if you're not listening if you're not hearing if you're not building yourself up on your most holy faith praying in the holy spirit then that spotty sense that sense of the holy spirit that gives you get direction and guidance and leadership that may not be heard as easily if you're not with the power of the holy spirit Misty said last Sunday morning that the Holy Spirit is the thing that turbocharges your engine. It turbocharges your engine. My little car out there has got a 2.0 liter engine in it. That ain't nothing. Quit laughing. But when I step on the gas, it's got something called a turbocharger. And all of a sudden, I can step on that gas and that turbocharger kicks in and the next thing you know, I'm going 90 miles an hour. It can power that engine and make it perform above its own ability without being a turbocharged. Do you get it? It causes it to op operate better than it could ever work without it. And the Holy Spirit does the same thing in my life. It causes me to be more insightful. It, it leads me and guides me through this word. It opens doors. It closes doors. It tells me which way to go. This is the way. Walk in it. And I want to tell you tonight that I feel my personal opinion is that if you're not filled with the Holy Spirit, you need to at least be seeking it because when you get filled with the Holy Spirit, you'll find a brand new world that you didn't know existed. I do believe that Jesus Christ is coming again. And I don't believe that I'm going to die. I don't believe I'll ever die. I do believe that Jesus Christ is coming in my lifetime. If you were to press me, I would tell you that I think the Lord's coming in the next four years. That's stupid to call a date, and I'm not going to do it, but that's what I believe. And if we're here five years from now, I'll, I'll still be following him. I'll still be probably preaching to you in this pulpit if you'll keep me here. But I believe his coming is imminent. I believe it's not in my children's, my grandchildren's lifetime. I believe his coming is soon, even now. There is nothing that's written in this book as far as the rise of the Antichrist, the rise of the new world order, the rise of the, of the new nation, the rise of the new governments, everything that's in this book and this new thing they're doing with AI is another step that makes this book understandable because whenever the false prophet begins to exalt the Antichrist, he takes an image of the Antichrist and he puts it in the temple in Jerusalem and that Antichrist image has the ability to speak and talk and act like the Antichrist and that, that's just AI is all that is. It's just another step to make the understanding of the book of Revelation more understandable. And I'm telling you that I believe because I see the signs all coming together, I believe that Jesus Christ is coming within my lifetime and I haven't bought my gravesite yet. 
because I don't want to spend $300 for something I'll never use. And that's my belief. My wife have to, may have to do it, but I'm going to try to leave her enough money where she can. I believe these things. I believe the Bible's true. These are marks. These are marks of the Lord Jesus that are on my life. These are things I believe. These are core values with me. And I do believe tonight in closing that Jesus Christ through the power of this book can set you free from all the works of the devil. I do believe that the ones that are going to march on heaven's avenues because I do believe in a literal heaven and I do believe in a literal hell. I believe that those that are following Jesus Christ will march on streets of gold. I believe that the walls that are 218 foot tall, I believe that those walls are of jasper, of a diamond. I believe that there are 12 literal gates of pearl, one pearl. I believe in a, in a river that has trees growing beside it that change their fruit every month. I believe in that. I believe that the city is four square, and that means it's 1,400 miles wide, 1,400 miles long, and 1,400 miles tall. Why do you believe that? Because that's what this book says. I believe at the top of that mountain is a place that's called the throne room of God. And I believe that that place up there, the throne room of God, is a place where the sun never sets because Jesus Christ is the sun. Hallelujah. That city has no need of the sun by day or the moon by light because Jesus Christ is the sun. He is the, the glory of the Lord is what lights that city. And that city is going to be lit 24 hours a day if there's still hours in a day, 365 days a year if there's still any need for years because old things pass away and all things become new. And I believe with all my heart that one day I will stand in that throne room and I will stand with you in that throne room room and I believe that we will shout and rejoice together and I'm going to ask the Lord if Mike can lead holy, holy, holy so we can all sing it together. These are marks on my life. When you think about me and are talking about me around a wooden box, which I don't think I'll go there, but if I do, I want you to remember these are the things that he believed. These are my core values. These are the marks on my life. And I want to encourage you tonight, know what you believe. Don't deconstruct it and reconstruct it. But know, know what you believe. I know whom I have believed. And he is able to keep that which I've committed unto him against that day. Against that day. Know what you believe. Hold fast to what you believe. They say the culture is rapidly attacking Christian values. And I say, praise the Lord. That is the mark of a Christian. If they speak well of you, then they're speaking well of somebody that's in the world. But if they speak ill of you, the Bible says, then they're not speaking ill of you, but they're speaking ill of me that's in you. Amen? Know what you believe. Stand with me tonight. Know what you believe.
Those beliefs may be tried in the upcoming years. It's important that you know what you believe. Heavenly Father, thank you, Almighty God, for your love tonight, Father. Thank you, Lord God, for your direction, Father. Thank you for the marks, O oh God, that you've given us, Lord God, that mark us as children of yours, O oh God. And I pray tonight, Lord God, that those beliefs, O oh God, would be stronger than ever. And Lord God, I pray in Jesus' name, God, that you would help us to move forward in you. I pray for your direction throughout this week, O oh God. I pray that you keep your hand upon this congregation. I pray that you would lead us and guide us every step of the way, Father. And I pray, Lord God, that you bring us to the Tuesday morning prayer meeting, God, Wednesday night service, Lord God. Help us to make you our top priority above all things, Lord. I thank you for this opportunity to preach your word, and I pray that I've touched a heart and touched a mind tonight. We pray and ask these things in Jesus' name and for your glory. Amen. God bless you. Have a great week.